with each other and we um, uh, explored the Bible together. And this semester, we are looking at a, a book of the New Testament called Acts, um, or the Acts of the Apostles. And the reason why we're looking at it is because um, it's really fascinating to think how did Christianity um, go from a extremely small, like niche group of people that were following a Jewish rabbi uh, in the middle of nowhere, very uh, unimportant people following a small time rabbi. Um, how did it go from that to the most populous and diverse religious movement in human history? So much so that right now we are talking about that same Jewish rabbi here tonight in a place in the world that the people in the Bible had no idea even existed. Um, and the, the, the book of Acts is the story of the early days of the Jesus movement. And um, tonight, as we reread this section from Acts chapter 2, this is like the moment, you know, like um, for celebrities or um, musicians or actors, there's always like this one moment you can trace back to. They were in this movie and when they put this song out, that was the moment when things really took off. And this is that moment for the Jesus movement here in Acts chapter 2. And um, whether you are really interested in Jesus or not, um, just knowing how this all happened, I think, is worth all of our time. But I think beyond that, there is actually some, uh, this really beautiful invitation from God in this passage um, for each of us. So before we... Um, hear this text, I want to uh, just take a moment of, to settle. So I invite you where you are just to uh, just gently close your eyes and to find your breath and let it deepen. to take a moment to um, leave from where we were and to come now into this moment and to be present to our bodies and to um, our souls. God, I thank you for this space and for the opportunity to just hold silence together. I thank you for all these sisters and brothers who are gathered here. They could be in many places. They could be listening to the Royal Philharmonic Orchestra right now, um, which sounds incredible. Um, And yet uh, we are here. And so, Lord, I honor you and honor them for their time. And Lord, pray that you would um, come to be with us. Lord, we praise you that you don't know how to be absent. You are always present. And you're always at work. And Lord, if each of us is honest with where we are and what we've been through, Lord, we all long for just transformation to become something more beautiful and Lord you are the one that transforms people and transforms lives and Lord you made us to know you 
and our hearts are restless until they rest in you. So, Lord, would you come now as we read this, this word and we hear what you've done? Lord, um, would you show up to us now like you showed up then and draw us close to you, we pray, Lord Jesus, in your name. Amen. Okay, so this is from Acts chapter 2. I'm going to stop along the way because there's a lot of, there are many strange words. Okay, so what has happened just before this, um, the, the Gospels are books in the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. They tell the story of Jesus, his birth, his life, all the things he did, his death on the cross, and that he was raised, their claim is that he was raised from the dead. And the book of Acts picks up right after that. And Jesus is with his disciples and he um, says, amazing things are about to happen. And then if you've ever been at like Disney World or at the fair when you were a kid and had a balloon and then you forgot to hold on to it and then you have that, it's like really sad, but also kind of awesome to watch it like float away. And then like, can you still see it? Like that's literally what Jesus did. He just floated away like a Disney World balloon. And... His friends, there were a total of 120 people that followed Jesus at this point. Okay, So, like, I don't know how many people in this room, uh, you know, a little bit more than the people in this room, were the total number of people following Jesus. And this is what happens right after that. When the day of Pentecost arrived, which is 50 days after the Passover, all Jewish folks came into Jerusalem for Passover. They celebrated, they went home, and 50 days later, they came back for a Pentecost or the Feast of Weeks. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they, the 120 people, were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind. And it filled the entire house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Tongues of fire, tongues that you speak. Now, there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. So all these Jewish folks had come into Jerusalem for this feast and from all over the place, from all over the places that they knew. And at this sound, the multitude came together. They heard this super loud sound, hurricane wind, and they were bewildered. Because each one was hearing them speak in his own language. The 120 people who's got fire on their head, they're speaking other languages. And they were amazed and astonished, saying, are not all these who are speaking Galileans? It's like if you travel abroad and people realize you're American, but then you can speak their language. They're like, aren't you an American? Um, I wouldn't have expected that you were multilingual. Um, And... It's the same for Galileans. They're like, not the people that you expect to know all these different languages. And how is it that we hear each of us in his own native language? Parthians and Medes and Elamites and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene and visitors from Rome. All the places they know, like the known world. Both Jews, so people who are ethnically Jewish, and proselytes, people who are not ethnically Jewish and converted to Judaism, they're all hearing in their own language, Cretans and Arabians. We hear them telling in our own tongues the mighty works of God. And all were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, 
What does this mean? But others, mocking, said, they are filled with new wine. Because okay. um, I don't know about you, but when I've had a few too many, I just start speaking other languages. Um, <laughs> but the, the chances of catching on fire are higher. <laughs> uh, so there, maybe there's something to it. Okay. So imagine someone told you, like you were just walking through the, the mag quad, you know, to pick up your, chip, your Chick-fil-A Grubhub, and, um, and someone says, you got to see there's this movement of God happening on campus. And you're like, okay. And so you go, and you're like, what, what's going on? And you're like, my roommate is on fire, <laughs> and I can now speak Arabic. Um, I, I, that would be very, very odd. And you would think, um, maybe that's a movement of God. Maybe, who knows what's going on here. Um, this, is, this is the moment that the church, that the Jesus movement be- sort of takes off in the world. And it's these really odd signs. Tongues of fire and tongues that people are speaking. And what do they mean? Um, people receive fire on their heads. And it, it seems like a random sign unless you read uh, all of the Bible reading up to this point. Throughout the Bible, whenever God shows up in a place where human beings are and he is going to announce that he's there, he shows up in fire. He shows up to Moses in a burning bush. He shows up to Abraham in a, in a uh, flaming fire pot. Um, he tells his people to build a tent. And then I've camped many times. You don't want the fire close to the tent generally. Um, but he tells his people to build a tent and then he comes and he dwells in the tent in fire all throughout the Bible. When God shows up, it's in fire. And it's a perfect, if you think about what fire shows, it's a perfect way for God to show himself in many ways because a fire is warm, it's inviting, it casts light, it can cook your food. And also if you get too close to it, it will consume you and burn your house down, right? Um, there's this, this thing about God that he is both beautiful and alluring and life-giving and also really kind of scary and, and terrifying because he can do these really big, amazing things. But when the fire shows up in the Bible, what it's showing is that God is coming to be in the earth and around people. And it becomes this place where heaven and earth meet together. And it's sort of like a, like a portal between heaven and earth. Um, sometimes people call this like a thin place, a place where heaven, like the, the, the barrier between heaven and earth become very thin. And what God is showing here is that he has come again to that thin place where heaven and earth come together, but it's different than ever before. Um, in the Gospel of John, Jesus had told his friends, look, I'm going to leave, but I want you to trust me that it's going to be better when I leave. Now, if you're seeing someone and they say, I think it would be better if we were long distance. Um, I like being together, but I would really think it would be better for us if we didn't see each other very often. Um, you may get the sense that they're not super into you if that is the case. Um, why would Jesus say it's better for him to go away? And he says, because if I go then I'm going to send the Spirit. What is happening here is that these 120 random people that knew Jesus become the place 
where God comes to make that thin space between heaven and earth. He's not doing it in a room. He's not doing it in a temple. He's not doing it in a tabernacle. He's doing it in human beings. And the beauty, like, that, this is not just a historical reality, but it is a present invitation for you tonight is that what God loves to do in the way that he is showing up in the world, he loves to be close. Like the great desire of God's heart is to be close to you. And so his great act in Jesus leaving and sending the spirit was he has come to be so close that in some way there ceases to be a felt distinction between you and him. That he comes to live in your soul. And that means that we, sometimes we think, how do I access God? Like, where do I go to know God? The thin place between heaven and earth is now you. If you know Jesus, you become the thin place where you, could, you can never possibly be closer to God. Like when Jesus came, this was God who became a human being. And you think people hugged him. They cried with him. He touched them. He laid his hands on them. He ate with them. How could God be any closer than that? And yet he becomes even closer because he loves people. Um, Sally Lloyd-Jones, she, she puts it this way in this little book. She talks about the fire coming. She says, something more. Inside their hearts, they felt a strange heat, almost as if all the coldness and hardness were melting away, as if their broken hearts were mending and God was giving them brand new hearts, hearts that could work properly. How it happened, they didn't know, but they knew God's power had struck their hearts ablaze and Jesus himself was coming to live inside them. That feels very like normal thing if you grew up in the church, but it is the weirdest possible thing that you could expect God to do is he wants to come live inside of a human soul. They had seen Jesus go away, but now he was closer than he had ever been inside their hearts And this time, nothing could ever separate them. Jesus would always be there with them, loving them, whispering the promise that would get rid of the poison and the terrible lie and the sickness in their hearts. God's wonderful promise to them. You are my child and I love you. Could it be heaven was coming into their hearts? Um, There's nothing like casual about saying, like, that is the offer of the good news of Jesus to each person in this room, is that God loves you so much that you actually dwell inside of you. And God is love. The God who is love comes to live inside of human beings to make you that thin space. Like, can you imagine being that for another person? Like, being the place by which they can encounter God just because they know you. Um, I've experienced that with people like, I met God because I knew people and there was something that was very close to God in them. So that's the fire. The God comes, he's present in the fire. But what about the, all the languages and the tongues? Um, some of you study abroad. I've talked to, if you want to hear some hilarious stories about not being able to speak Spanish and living in Spain, talk to Caroline Avenger. She would love to share that with you. And... Um, but uh, if you've studied abroad, then you know that language can be a real, a real barrier. And um, I was in India a couple of years ago, and we were visiting this sick person's home, and this random man came, 
And he started playing the most beautiful music and singing and uh, in Hindi. And it was unbelievable. It was the most beautiful music I've ever heard. To this. It's the most beautiful music I'll ever hear. Just from this old man. And everyone was like ignoring him. Like this guy's always around here playing this weird music. And I was like captivated. And what I hated was that I could not express to him like what it meant to me to hear his music. Because it was a barrier. Like language is a real barrier. All these people had come into Jerusalem because they were either ethnically Jewish or had converted to Judaism. And they were worshiping God, but there was this barrier between them because they can't understand each other. They can't really know each other. And what God does is he comes and he removes that barrier for them. Just like he's removing a barrier to, between us and him, he's removing a barrier between us and us. Um, so that we could be close to one another. But what I love about it is he doesn't make it, you know how like when people are at the UN, someone's speaking a language and then they're listening in their ears and it's being translated to them? Um, it's not that. He's not changing the hearer. He's changing the speaker. So the person speaking actually is speaking in a way that someone else can understand. And I think there's something very generous and beautiful about that. He, he comes, he makes his presence with people, and then he takes away the barriers between them. And um, I wonder if I, if I asked you and you had the chance, we had the chance to talk together, like why you are at RUF tonight, like why you came here. Um, if it's your first time, that's a, it's a really fascinating question. But if you come a lot, it's still a very fascinating question. Like, and usually when I ask people, like, why do you come to RUF? Um, well, they say, well, the, the speaker is incredible. That's, I'm sorry. Um, uh, that's actually not what anybody says. Um, but uh, you, a lot of what I hear is like, well, it's a, it's a place where I can find like-minded people or people that share my values. Or it's a place where I can come and like what we're doing there feels familiar. And that's all great. Like that's a great reason to have come to RUF. But I hope that stops being the reason for you. Like, I really hope that, that at some point you're like, actually, I don't know if this is the like-minded shared values group that I know. And that the reason why I come to RUF isn't because it feels familiar, but because it seems like God is in some of these other people in here. And I'm drawn to that. Like, if you think about Christian traditions, like, what unites them? Like, some Christian traditions are united by the way they do worship. Some Christian traditions are united by the way they think about the Holy Spirit. Some Christian traditions are united by the way they do missions or the way they baptize people. Or the, the, one, the weird one I come from is we're united by that we like the same theologians, which is a strange way to be organized. Um, but what actually draws Christian people together is not any of those things. It's the fact that people that follow Jesus have God living inside them. And they're drawn like bricks being put together into a temple for God where they're magnetized by something within them that is life and love and truth. And it's deeper. Like this is not an affinity group. This is not an ideological group. This is a group that is, Christianity is a group that is drawn together by love and by the presence of God being inside one's soul. And so what happens? Like God does this, he does this, the, the, the flames of fire, it's super weird, and the language isn't super weird. 
And Peter stands up, and this is the, the last thing we'll talk about. Peter, who had like pretended he didn't know Jesus like only days before this, he stands up and he preaches, he rips off a sermon that's like from the dome. And in the, he's talking to thousands of people. And I assume his hair is still strangely on fire. And he preaches a sermon. And the sermon is basically, hey, God came and you all missed it. And you're like stupid. Okay. And not only did you miss that God came, you murdered God. That was the sermon. That he preached. So like at the very end, like we have verse, starting uh, verse 36, the last thing he says is now let all the house of Israel therefore know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ, this Jesus whom you crucified. That's the sermon. That's the moment. Like everything's going to happen. Like God's filling all these people. And what are you going to say is like, you killed God. <laughs> now, when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? And Peter said to them, repent and be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. God wants all that to go away so he can be close to you. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit for the promises for you and for your children and for all who are far off, which is us. Everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. And this is the crazy part. And with many other words, he bore witness and continued to exhort them. Great Bible word saying, save yourselves from this crooked generation. So what happens? So those who received his word were baptized and they were added that day about 3,000 souls. There was 120 people that followed Jesus. And because of this moment, it's increased, what, 25% from 120 to 3,000 people. And I just kind of want to end with this and just something to, for us to contemplate together. When God shows up and makes people a thin space and he draws people together because of that presence, he begins to do surprising and impossible things to transform human beings. Things that like we could not make happen on our own because the God who lives inside of people by faith, God bless you, um, He is not the kind of person that you can tell him what to do and he will do it. He is like, we have this little saying, like this little catechism in our house. We ask our girls, what what can God do? And the answer is God can do whatever he wants. And that means if he is inside you or inside this group, he can do whatever he wants. Um, And we can't even imagine. And I I want (laughs) to read this last story and then we'll, we'll pray just to get our imaginations primed for what that might look like. This is from a book called, Justin, you'll remember this book, Out of the Salt Shaker into the World. You remember this book? Okay, this was like 2000. This was like hot Christian book, okay? Um, <laughs> before any of you were born, this was a hot Christian book, okay? And uh, it's about this woman who's an American woman, and she goes to Spain, and it's just stories about how bad she is at telling people about Jesus, okay? This is my kind of book because I resonate deeply, okay? And so she's in Barcelona, trying to tell people about Jesus. And she starts a discussion group. And there's these great stories about how like nobody is interested in Jesus. And so a friend of hers tells her, she says, at some point, this woman's name is Rebecca Pepper that writes this book. At some point, you need to ask people, what is keeping you from becoming a Christian right now? Now, This is a classic thing that Christian people do. Sometimes they're like, there's one question. And if you ask them, God will be at work. And if you don't ask them, you're a coward. Okay. And um, 
So she said, what is keeping you from becoming a Christian right now? And so she, what she does, she says, I, you know what? I, I'm going to ask somebody that. And she decides to ask this dude, Todd. And she asks, wants to ask Todd because he's the least likely to become a Christian. He's an avowed atheist, and he only comes to the group to like make jokes and to disrupt the group. And she's like, it'll never work on Todd, so this will be good practice. So they get together and get coffee. And she says to, to Todd, she says, Todd, you've been part of this discussion all semester. You've heard a lot about God. You've never decided what to do with God. One of these days, you're going to have to decide. Sooner or later, God is going to speak to you and say, decide now. And what are you going to say? I was feeling so proud for sounding firm, even though my confidence stemmed only from the fact that he would never respond, that I failed to notice how serious his face became. Todd said, you're right. God is speaking. I'm saying yes. I kept talking because I didn't hear him. I said, you're going to have to make a decision one of these days when you stand before God. Todd said, God has been speaking to me right now. I said, yes. She said, Todd, don't scare me like that. (laughs) Becky, I'm not kidding. I've been thinking about this for a long time and I'm ready now. Todd, listen to me. You can't rush into this. It's (laughs) It's a huge decision and it'll change your life so much. You better think it over. Becky, this isn't an emotional decision. I know I put up a good front, but I've been thinking about God for a long time. Now, look, I want to become a Christian. Right here? (laughs) In the restaurant? In front of everybody? Todd, I can't. Why not? Because I've never done anything like this before. Don't worry, Todd said. I haven't either. I'll tell you what. (laughs) This is where the atheist leads in prayer. I'll tell you what. Let's close our eyes. I'll say something to God, and then you do. And then it'll be over in just a few minutes. <laughs> so they prayed. They opened their eyes. She was nervous that he might feel some pressure to feel something immediately. So she said, you don't have to feel anything right now. Todd said, I feel totally different right now. <laughs> I looked at him in utter shock. Todd, oh my goodness, it works. <laughs> Um, God does the most surprising things to transform people. Like, especially when people just feel like I'm never going to be able to do this on my own because he actually takes up presence in us. So I just want to give us a moment. Um, we're going uh, to, to pray. But before we do that, I just want to give you a moment to sit with that same God, the same one that was speaking at Pentecost, the same one that was speaking um, with Becky and Todd, and to just give a moment to just dwell with him and ask him, Lord, Lord, what are you inviting? Lord Jesus, you are the great lover of human beings. 
And the great joy of your heart is to be near to us. And that's why you came and, and, and lived and died for us and were raised so that it could all be removed, everything between us and you. And now you come to transform. And so, Lord, would you invite us? I thank you for all these sisters and brothers. And you have an invitation on their life to, to know you, not in some like weird, manipulative like way, but just a simple invitation to life, um, to real life. So Lord, just help us to to hold that in our hearts. And would you come and do things that we can really scarcely imagine? Um, So that more of us would just know how deeply you love us and we would be drawn together in love. And we pray all this in Jesus' name, amen. So we're gonna sing one more song together and have a blessing and then we're gonna eat these delicious cake squares.